Welcome back to another episode of Sales with Aslan, where Tab and I work diligently to eliminate the hard sell. And um, Tab, as I'm sure our listeners know, we're following up to our last session on yes. developing the a discovery roadmap. Um, yes. Last episode in our kind of series on back to the basics, developing the fundamentals so we can crush it in 2023. Uh, we talked about the first two P's of Discovery Roadmap. Should we should we should we review them real quickly? I you 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 are speaking my language. I'm big review guy. I like it. Let's yeah, let's get reset. reset. Review. So the first P we're built. You know, go. You know, to give you some context. You listen to last episode. Um, obviously, that's helpful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop right now. Go listen and come. You don't have to do that. But it, but it, we talked about you know the importance of building a discovery framework. And the framework that we're recommending is built around five P's. The first P is profile. What do you need to know about the customer that will help you develop intelligent questions, right? You don't want to spend a lot of time asking customers things they already know and things that they're telling you that only help you that don't help them. So it also helps you develop intelligent questions, like I said. So what's the profile? You know, what's happening in the market? What's the thing you need to know about their company, organization, individual, um, size, market pressure, what they're currently doing, et cetera. The second one is the point of view, right? Tab point of view, the, we talked about yeah. the bridge, where are they now? Where do they need to be? What's their destined desired destination? Everybody has a bridge where they are now desired destination. What do they really want? There's the formal, their informal desires. And then what's their plan to get there. So that was the point of view is just really uncovering the bridge and any pain associated another p tab pain associated with implementing the plan right so that was the first two p's now we're on to the third p are you are you ready tab i am ready are you ready third yep. p. let's hear it and this is where you show up as a consultant this mm -hmm. is this is the p where the questions that you're asking, get them to turn and go, huh, you're not only asking me questions, you're adding value by the questions that you ask. This third P is called pitfalls. Mm. Pitfalls. In other words, what is the pitfalls in the plan? Now, Tab, that may be a little odd word. You could call it your assessment of their plan or problems with their plan. But it, it, it what we found is I think pitfalls helps you um, – First of all, it's a P. It is, which is really <laughs> critical. And it's a good um, word another, picture because I can just see myself walking along and there's a pit and I fall into it. Yeah, exactly. Pitfall. Now, these are these are pitfalls in their plans. It's not just problems because problem, right. they may tell you, here's my problems. These yeah. are pitfalls in their plan. In other words, things they do not know. So unconscious problems. Unconscious really. problems. You could call them gaps. You, yeah. What is it that they don't know? And so you want to ask questions to highlight that. For example, a simple example in our world is, you know, they want to train, you know, we, we want to grow sales, right? That's their destination. We want to increase engagement. We want to, you know, maybe one of the informal drivers that a leader might have is I want to create a legacy. So I want to invest in my people or I care about people. Like that's their destination. Their plan, part of their plan is to train. I want to train my sales organization. Great. That's part of it. Well, one of the pitfalls often we see in the plan is they're not, they don't want to, they don't think about developing their leaders. Change happens one-to-one, -one, not in a workshop. Right. So one of the pitfalls can be 
uh, are you developing your leaders, right? So that's an example in our world. So in yeah. every organ, every, every sales rep knows that certain things have to happen for this initiative, right? The, 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 mm -hmm. the problem they solve has, there's certain things that have to happen. And so pitfalls is designed to ask questions to reveal that. Perfect. Well, this is, I agree with you. It's almost like you got your starter set in mm -hmm. profile and point of view, really important. And like you said this on the last podcast that I think is really, but this is the coach coming out in me walk before you run. Mm -hmm. And just if and it, maybe you start with just profile and point of view to kind of get started and get rolling. And then you graduate to these pitfalls. Cause I, to your point, this is, this is where the power is. This is where you, you start selling people that, they're, they love you forever. I mean, they're mm -hmm. like, thank you. You, mm -hmm. you, thank you. And it's almost like they're grateful that they have this relationship with you as a salesperson. Yeah. And this you is also where they realize, they realize, oh, we should have, we should have you involved. You need to have, you need to be sitting That's at the it. table. You need a seat at the table. Yep. You know, things about we're over here planning. We didn't think about <laughs> that. You know, our plan didn't include that. And so, yep. and this is, you know, this is where you demonstrate that you've done this or your organization. Cause by the way, it doesn't have to be what you've done. It's but it's what you've learned from others or what you've learned by your, your personal experience is like, and, and the simplest way to think about it is whatever, whatever problem you're trying to solve, right? With something the customer's trying to solve that's relevant to the solution that you offer. There's a way to solve it, right? There's the best practices. There's the thing yep. that, to happen for them to be successful. And this is one of the questions they always ask, like what mistakes do people make? Yep. When they do this, you know, what mistakes, you know, we're in the middle of this initiative and you're, we're talking to you about helping us with this initiative. And they'll say, what do other people do that are successful? Another way to ask that question is what am I missing? What yep. mistakes do people make? They, everybody wants a, um, you know, to know the model, like what's mm -hmm. the, what are the things that have to happen to guarantee success. And that's our goal at the pitfalls is to find that thing. Yeah. And I always like to think of it as like, there's five things you got to do for this to be successful. If they mention three, your yeah. pitfalls are to focus on the other two. Yeah. If they mention three, but they talk, they don't have it perfectly nailed down. Then you ask questions related to those three or mm -hmm. the goal is, is to figure out what's required for them to pull this off. Right. Yep. So let's say something simple that every sales rep knows you're implementing a new CRM. Like let's say you're a sales rep and you sell CRM, mm -hmm. a CRM solution. Right. Yep. What has to happen for that to go well? Mm -hmm. You know, there's all kinds of issues. There's adoption. There's, you know, there's, there's um, integration. There's all kinds of customers. There's a lot of things that have to happen. So the question is, what has to happen for that to go well? And that's that's what drives your questions related to pitfalls. So the goal is to nail that down. Yeah, that's good. And you don't you don't sell here, but you're selling by by asking the questions because yeah, like, you're getting them thinking, and they're kind of going, "Well, you know, hmm, I hadn't really thought about that. I haven't thought about that. Well, tell me more. That's about a good that. point. Yeah, yeah. Tell me yeah. more about that. I think it's also a good tab to this is probably a good place to bring up a lot of times it's easy to shift from discovery to building value or talk, start talking about our solution 
whether we're building value or not, because as you start to move into the pitfalls and they start to go, huh, I hadn't thought about that. They'll probably ask questions. Yes. That's exactly well, how do you right. do that? Well, what do we need to do? And then you get excited because you're like, now I've got the mic and they want to hear right. what I have to say. And that feels good. Yep. And, but, but it, which is not to say that you don't want to be prepared to answer their questions because you need to, you can't say, well, I'm not going to answer yeah. your question. So I'm done with discovery, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah. you want to answer your question, their questions as, as succinctly as you can so that you can yeah. get back into mm-hmm. discovery and you don't run out of time realizing, oh, I'm missing a lot of information. Yeah, because then you just run down that road. I was I was just talking to one of our clients the other mm-hmm. day, and that's what he said. All they get all excited, they bubble up a couple of these things, and they just they take off and they do their thing, and then they and then they get back into discovery, and they realize that from a priority standpoint, I'm getting ahead of ourselves on a piece, yeah. but that this is a low priority, and they just blew all this time. And they've talking about all this stuff and, and it, it, their, their strategy would have been different if they had, mm-hmm. if they had done their discovery first, doesn't mean to your point, they couldn't have just ignored the question, but yeah. answer it quickly, get back into it. And this is also where there may not be a need. Exactly. In the mind of the decision maker, like there's not a need. Yeah. This is a lot of times where you create a compelling event or you uncover a need that they didn't know they had because you have my favorite example of this is the Seinfeld clip we show in training. Um, oh gosh, the keys episode. So uh, yeah, I mean, if for those of you, you know, people that aren't aware of that, that are not 60, yeah, who are not 60, <laughs> don't have every episode memorized. And so when we say the keys up. episode, you go, Oh, I know that episode. <laughs> yeah, but it's an episode where Kramer is trying to get George to move to California with him because Kramer wants to be an actor, which that's a whole nother story in itself. And George says, No, I'm not going. And Kramer says, <laughs> you're wasting your life. <laughs> like you need to do something with your life rather than stay in New York. Go with me, basically. Yeah. He's selling yeah. them. And yeah. George says, and George is so passionate. He goes, I'm not wasting my life. I'm living my life. And he pounds the table. I'm living my life. So his destination <laughs> is stay in New York. Nothing needs to change. No plan needed. Yep. And Kramer just starts asking him priority. I mean, uh, pitfall questions. He goes, he goes, and so George is passionate. He's defending his, his position. Uh, and, and Kramer says in a very curious tone, which is important. He was very curious. He wasn't attacked. He's like, okay, okay, okay. Well, let's, let's just, let's just unpack this. So you, you've got an amazing life. Let's just, let's kind of assess that. Let me ask you my pitfall question. So first of all, <laughs> do you have a job? <laughs> which is so great. No, no. Do you have any prospects? Oh yeah, you have a woman. <laughs> That's right. You have a woman. No. He goes. Do you have any money? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then he goes. Do you have any reason to get up in the morning? <laughs> he goes. I-, I like the daily news. <laughs> So you can see George goes from I'm living my life. I'm passionate to I I think I'm pretty miserable right now. Yeah, My life's awful. What I love about that example, though, is it's a simple illustration that that Kramer knew to focus on (laughs) money, purpose, you know, which is relationships. Right. And so he just he just went down the list. And if George would have yeah. said, I got this great job and I'm, I'm married or whatever he said, um, 
then that would end. Then then we we don't have any pitfalls. The plan's good. Stay yeah, with the current good. plan. Your life is too good in New York to leave, right. so just stay right here. <laughs> yeah, That's but it good. also helps illustrate you need to have that same list. What is your list? So let's. I think it's time to move to the next P tab. So pit. So profile, point of view, pitfall. Next P, and this is this won't take a minute. But priorities. First thing I want to focus on, is there a compelling event driving this? Where'd this come from? So if there is a need, if you, you've uncovered a need through either talking about the point of view, you've uncovered a need by talking about the priority. You know what? We do need to do this. Or you're right. We need to, we, we're looking for this. We want to know where does this fit in the priorities of the organization? Yep. And the question I, I like to ask is what would happen if you didn't do this? Yeah. And I'm looking for an emotional response to that question. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, this has to happen. Why does this have to happen? Where'd this yeah. come from? Why is this something you're talking about? Another way to yeah. simply ask this is you have, what are your priorities for the year? Like, let's just list them. We got to get these eight things done. Mm -hmm. and, and yours, you were on the list, right? You're Maybe it's five and you're on the list. That's great. Mm -hmm. Where does this rank? Yeah. Uh, this is number five. How many will you get done? <laughs> Two. Two. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. here's this is the thing that I think we in selling, and I am the same way. We fill in blanks with with positive information. We're overly optimistic sometimes yeah. as salespeople. Oh, the, oh, this is going to be. This me. is it. They're okay. they're interested. They've got pitfalls. I mean, this, we're all over mm. this. We're asking you all these questions, and we're on this meeting, and we're 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 you know we're passionate about this, and and we want to know, and you're like. And you're like, well, I mean, but what happens after this meeting? Yeah. Well, we've got to go meet with so-and-so. Well, is this on their whiteboard? Yeah. Is this a priority uh, to them? Yeah. yeah. We haven't talked to them about it. Oh, oh so, so you don't even, you know. So this may not even be an initiative. Exactly. So yep. two ways to think about it, I think, help you is either where does it rank? But even if you know where it ranks, and that's a positive thing, I still want to know two things, compelling event and budget. Yeah. Right. Compelling event will, will supersede a budget. Yeah. Like I, I asked the question this week. I said, why will this whole thing go away? Oh, I love that. And yeah. I, it was, it was interesting because they go, Oh, well, Hmm. You know, if we have a bad quarter, this whole thing could go away. Yeah. I'm like what are the odds of you having a bad quarter? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. good actually. I mean, it was, it was really interesting, but I mean, it's, that's exactly what it is. It's almost like you've got to have, and you know me, I, I'm, I am overly optimistic. And yeah. so I have to make myself be pessimistic, yeah. like make myself go, it's probably not going to work out. And yeah, I think it's a good position to be in because it just causes you to be more curious. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to waste your time. I mean, you're really trying to figure out what's going on here. This is a really interesting thing to have about selling. I've, I don't think I've really thought about this ever before, but the, to be successful in sales, you do have to have this blend of incredible optimism. Yes. Uh, accompanied by, or complimented by the paranoia that every, is. everything's going to, nothing's going to work. It's like if you're so just true. paranoid and you're negative, then <laughs> no one wants never, to talk to you. You're like, it's not going to work. No one's ever going to talk to me. We'll never sell this. And then you're, you're right. You're never going to, but you have this, but to, to, you got to believe, you got to wake up every day and go, is, I can, you know, if I do the work, yeah. it's going to happen. It's, it's going to, somehow I'm going to figure it out. 
But when you get in a deal, and this is the way I think about it, big yeah. picture, it's going to happen. It's going to work. The yeah. numbers tell the story. I know it's going to work, right? But when I get in a deal, like a specific deal, I get super negative. Yeah. I know. I've watched that. Negative. You're the reason I'm like that. You train me. I mean, I watched you. You're, you're very good at that. It's still a gravitational pull, though. I, I will say the gravitational pull to me is positive. Yeah. It's to see it, you know, is to not try. I try to, if I'm on my game, meaning I'm prepared, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I work really hard to kill a deal. Yeah. Try to kill it. And, and by the way, killing a deal might be just later. Yeah. I mean, right? I find it's, when I try to kill deals, it, it either kills them or it, it just jacks them up. I mean, yeah. it, it really, it's got a, it, there's a big win. When you try to kill deals, there's also some a credibility thing that happens when you try to kill deals. It's like, look, yeah. in order for this to happen, you got to do this, 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 and this. And <laughs> I don't know if you're prepared for that. And like, we're prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, you're talking about a major commitment here. It's going to cost three, four times what you mm -hmm. think it's going to cost. And I just don't think you can pay for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there is, there is that side of it, but the other side of it is, is there's a credibility that you have when you're not trying to beg, borrow, and steal a deal. Oh, yeah. You know, you're like, look, this is what I do. I'm not a knee surgeon looking for a lot of surgeries. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm going to try to talk you out of the surgery because you really don't want to have surgery versus you need surgery. Please do surgery. Right. I'm a knee surgeon that doesn't have any business. Yeah. I'm all oh, out of knees right now. I yeah, I'm out of knees. knees. How about you? Would you like a knee surgery? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I, I always go it. to knee surgery tab? I always go to orthopedics. I don't know. That's kind uh, of thing. It's because you've lived it. All right. So profile, point of view, pitfalls, priorities. Where, uh, when, and that, the way that I think about this is when should they invest? When and if uh, should they invest? Yep. Preference. And by the way, I think this is a good point to bring up. All of these questions, when you're in discovery, you're answering this from the customer's perspective, not your perspective. Mm, yeah, very true. This isn't what should be. This is what is. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to uncover what is. Now, along the lines, you're going to uncover what should be, but you want them, you want to get their perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, what's their priority? Now, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't push. You go, you, it, you think this is priority number five. I believe based on what you told me, it needs to be number two. So that's your job right now. Your job is to influence them to move up to a priority or their budget is really small because it's not a, it's not a top priority and, and you want to change that. But what you want to know is the truth. The goal of discovery is to uncover the truth. Mm -hmm. And then that leads us to our last P tab. Last P is preferences. So the first four were, completely geared to uncovering what solution do they need? Yep. Right. Is it uncovering what solution they need? Mm -hmm. The last one is determining what solution provider, just because they need a solution. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're going to choose you. So the right. first four, like, okay, what do you need? How do I quote this? How would I build it? How do I propose it? What you think you need, what I think you need. Okay, so we know we want to solve the problem. We know you need the solution. Now you have options. You can yeah. talk to multiple people. How are you going to choose? Who is going to choose? And how are you going to choose from one solution provider or the other? Mm -hmm. This is the one that most people miss. Yep. Yep. This this is the one, honestly, I'm most um That's this one is the I one miss. that has to make it on my list. I, I'm, I miss this one the most, hands down. 
it's it, the reason is because the people you're talking to, it just feels so natural to assume they're the ones driving it because they're driving all the questions. Yeah. They're the most engaged and it feels uh, like you're moving backwards to kind of go, well, moving beyond the people that you have. It's also kind of, yeah. I'd rather not know. It's like, this is where it's hard. To be. Like, <laughs> That's I exactly. I don't uh, want to know if it's going to go bad. Work. It's more work. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but here's the key: the early when you're in earlier, the er, the the quicker you find out this information, the more successful you're going to be. Because if you wait till the end, it's too late. Yeah, like if you wait till the end, you're like, okay, now we want you to be here next Thursday, and we want you to tell us we're going to have a virtual meeting, and we want you to pitch your solution. Well, who's going to be there? Well, it's just going to be us two. Well, well, you know, the decision maker is not going to be there, but we're going to tell the decision maker what's what our recommendations are. I'm like, oh boy, yeah. now I've got to depend on you to sell our solution to the decision maker. And, right. and you don't really know what the decision drivers are. Right. Um, so preferences is really about two things. Okay. It's who, and it's about how, what criteria are they going to use to make the decision between one partner or the other? If yep. you don't know who, the criteria doesn't matter. <laughs> because you're, <laughs> you might kind know the person's criteria. If I, get, if I say to the, the evaluator, the person who's evaluating the solution, but not the decision maker, what's your criteria? And they tell me that may not be the right criteria. Yep. I need to know who, and I need to know what criteria they're going to use to make the decision. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give a, I'm going to throw a little tip in your tab on okay. how to do Let's that. Let's hear it. Tip me up. I always think about so the first thing you need to do is you need to know your your list of decision drivers that are typically used. Okay. Yeah, you know, there's there's let's just say there's five. Um like know, give me an example. Like give like me like your ability to customize or oh, okay. global presence or um cost is always one or of them. Integration or, or something. experience in our vertical. Okay. And there's usually formal and there's informal decision drivers. There's decision drivers that are, um, you know, people will put on a spreadsheet and you can, they'll share them with people and, and they'll internally spread them around and they'll have a spreadsheet and everybody ranks them one to five. And I've seen these spreadsheets and how we stacked up against our competition and I'll have a row as will have a row and there'll be three other companies on there and then they rank them. Yep. And this is what they share. But there's the informal decision drivers. Which is probably more important, right? <laughs> yeah, usually. We're going to override all the data. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like here's Jimmy, one thing. Is we Jimmy like working likes... with, you fit our culture. Yeah, yeah. Like I had, <laughs> like here's one, here's one of the informal decision drivers that I, we worked with an organization that had kind of a locker room culture. Oh, yeah. And it was, and it wasn't male dominated, but it was like, it was, it was an engineering kind of thing. And it was like, it was female male, but it was like a locker room. It was like a very informal culture. And they knew that if you couldn't match that culture, <laughs> you would not be successful in their organization. They'd chew you up and spit you they out. chew you up oh, and yeah. spit you out. Like they, they were not going to work with a buttoned up, um, you know, yeah. partner. Who couldn't roll with the punches and couldn't deal with their, you know, just to their people. So I'm on a call with them. And a lot of times, by the way, the questions they ask will reveal what the decision driver, what the informal decision drivers are. The questions they ask a lot of times, they won't tell you, what's your informal decision drivers? Well, the things we won't tell everybody are the following. 
it's like a well, locker room and yeah, we yeah, 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 yeah. They won't say well, you could they they will they might have a a kind of stilted category for it, but yeah, yeah. So but the questions they ask are very telling. Pay attention to the questions your customer asks. Mm, that's good. Uh, because that will hopefully reveal what their decision drivers are, especially the informal ones. So this 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 decision maker said, "Okay, I'm 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 ha I'm on a call. I'm on a conference call. I'm at the beach. I'm on vacation. But I took this call because it was really important. We were the final stages of this project, and they they have not chosen our firm, but it was one of those last final meetings." And yeah. the first thing the guy says to me on the call, he goes, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell, I mean, they were, and they were like all around the phone and they were like, what's this guy going to say to that question? And I'm sure they didn't practice that. I'm sure, but they knew intuitively they needed to kind of push me around a bit and see what I was, you know, see how I'd respond. Like, like, let's see yeah. what he can do. Yeah. I won't tell you my response. No, we won't. No, but it was yeah. said something about a camo mesh thing. But anyway, it was, it was very. <laughs> but they they told me after that that my response was the reason that we won that project. Mm -hmm. It was yep. because I understood. Now again, watching the organization, getting to know, always looking for what are those decision drivers along the way is really critical. Um, so so have so once you define the formal and informal drivers then what you want to do to help determine which ones are most important, because you've got to decide if they have five or six, and some of them have eight, maybe 10, you can't cover all those. So you've got to make decisions about which one's most important. I like to do the eye test. Like, you know, when you go to the doctor mm, yeah, and they say, well, does this look better or does this look better? Like they compare one thing versus the other. Like they're always going to say money right? Budget or yeah, yeah. if you had to pick global or customization or this, if you had to pick between a customized solution or experience in your vertical, like which one would you choose? It's like, if you think about it, like somebody's going on vacation, like you said, Hey Tom, I'm going on vacation and I'm going to go to this place that you you've been, but I haven't, you know, I'm going to Italy and um, where should I stay? Yeah. You've got criteria. You may not even really formulate it, but you've got criteria mm -hmm. for me to help you. I'm like, well, you want location, you want ambiance, you want food, you want, yeah, yeah. You want, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know. Good. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm just thinking I'm just going to go and I don't know. You want, how close is the ocean? I don't know. Is there an ocean? I mean, you know, like, <laughs> so I have to help you make that decision by saying how much time are you going to spend in your room? Yeah, you know, like, and oh, is, yeah, is yeah. We're not going to be in the room at all. Yeah, yeah. Like in helping you narrow that down. Because people have it, you may have sold your solution hundreds of times, but they may have only bought it once or never. Yeah. And your coach, as you do all this, you're coaching them. And back to what we said on our last podcast, you're selling more of the, <laughs> you're influencing the decision more and selling while you're yeah. effectively walking the customer through this process of helping them evaluate what to do. This is where you're influencing. This is where you're demonstrating you're the partner. Yeah, and that that was a huge flip for me. Yeah. When I when I finally realized that and made that that change, mm -hmm. sales got a whole lot more fun and it got a lot more effective. Yeah. And it, it and to your point, it's just it's very freeing. 
because you have to trust it though. I, I don't think I trusted it. A lot of our listeners may be the same way. It's like, if you're a younger, newer salesperson, it's hard to trust, but it's like, my gosh, it has such impact when you're sitting there they're going, this is somebody that is really here to help me make mm-hmm. a wise decision. And they, it's hard to fake that. They know if you are, or you are yeah. not. Well, and, and the thing is, if you're dropping the rope, this is something we always totally. teach Aslan. You're not tug of war. You're not doing the tug of war, trying to pull them to your solution, but you're dropping the rope and just cur- you're curious. I'm just trying to help you figure out. I don't care what hotel. Right now in Discovery, mm-hmm. I'm a journalist. I don't care what hotel in Italy you stay in. I'm just trying to figure out what hotel you need. Now, if it turns out you need my hotel, I have a hotel and I'd like you to stay there. That's true. But, <laughs> yeah, but right that's now, that's not what I'm doing right now. That's not what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to figure out where you want to stay because if it turns out my hotel is on the ocean, it's all about view and you care about food and city. I'm going to, but here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pitch you and I'm going to send you proposals and I'm going to follow up and we're going to do this thing over and over again. And you're not going to tell me, you're not going to take the time to educate me on why you've decided somebody else is better. You're just going to ignore me and I'm going to waste all of this time. Yeah. And versus, Figuring out, we need to drive the process of figuring out what they need. And then we fulfill that need in discovery and how we lead this process, uh, I think is where we really build value and we separate ourselves as a partner and from the competition. Yeah. It's the bottom line. Other people aren't doing this. It's not doing this. Different. Yep. I agree. Tab, I think we ought to close with helping uh, our listeners think about discovery in two ways we've talked about the the framework uh we've talked about you know the the five p's um and and how we that that kind of the framework of driving the the discussion and we talked about the first episode you know how they want to talk about the solution right Right. they're they're gonna use you sell a certain thing and they're gonna say they're gonna try to answer your question so i do want to distinguish you can use the five p's around a solution a specific okay. solution, like if you sell, you know, uh, healthcare or life insurance or, you know, a voice, I, I don't know what I'm, voice and data system, a copier, a, you know, a whatever you can, uh, you can sell medical device. You can, you can build your questions around the same five P's, right? Yep. It, it, what, where are you now with the current equipment that you have and where do you want to be? And what, what are you thinking about? Well, we want to replace it in this. I mean, it can be driven around a specific solution. What I what I think is also important though is if you move up the if you move up the organization, you need to also have apply the five P's to a business. Like, let's talk about your business. Let's talk about your department. So when you move from operations level, it's going to be probably more around a solution. Yeah. As you same five P's. If you move up. And you're talking about a department, or you're, or you move up to executive. You're talking about company. The five P's are related to the department. The five P's are related to company. And so you can use the same five P's for either where you're talking about the business, what's happening at a business level, and or you can use the same five P's as what's happening in a solution. Well, level. that's I what I love important. about that's what I love about that roadmap. Yeah, and it, it's interchangeable, and 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 you do the same thing, but. Your questions are different. I mean, as you're preparing, I don't know if you do it this way, but like mm-hmm. if I'm getting ready, to, if I, if it's a business, a high level, you know, I've, you know, I don't, I've memorized the roadmap now. I've done it so long, but yeah. I do. I come up with, I think through 
all of those categories. And I think at least I, I write down a couple of questions and I may not even ask them. It just gets me thinking about, don't forget, these are some critical elements in each one of these categories that I, I, I just need to be aware of. And that it really does help, but they're going to be different. If I'm talking operations, they're going to be different questions. Same five P's, but different questions. That's a good point. So, I think it's it's also, I love how you're talking about this too, because it reminds me as you to, to, to provide a, a template a uh, visual template for how to create your roadmap. So we talked about the categories, yeah. the five P what I would recommend is have two columns on the left column is the objectives under each P. So these are bullets. Mm -hmm. So if you think about profile, you know, company size, yeah. um, you know, products, competitors, you know, just the, they're the, it's the objective. It's what information you want to uncover around each five, each of the five P's. Um, that's your that's your left column. The right column associated with each one of those objectives is your questions. So your questions are your favorite questions you like to ask to uncover those objectives that you listed on the left yep. side. When you're in discovery, you're not going to be able to look at your questions. And no, <laughs> that's a pregame thing. It's that's a, a pregame. Yeah. Now exactly it doesn't right. mean you won't have you won't write down a couple of your favorite questions to kick off the meeting or around a certain P, but you can only look at a couple of questions. But what you can look at is the objectives. Yeah. They'll remind you. That's where I I always look at those. So like when I look down under under the P of of uh, preferences. Mm -hmm. you know, I'll look at, it'll say decision maker and decision drivers. And it just and, reminds, and that just reminds me yeah. now. And I might under decision drivers, I might have the top three or four or five that I, you know, that, that helps me do my eye test, but I can look at that. And people yeah. don't mind you stepping back from the conversation for a second and looking at your notes. Yeah. I mean, and you'll even say it. Well, I had a couple other things. Let me, yeah. I had a couple other things I definitely wanted to dig into here, but if you just go pull up and start reading questions, that's not going to work. But, no. um, and, and, and it's another thing too, Tom, that you, what I find is if you think in the categories, sometimes you ask one really good open-ended question and they, they fill in two boxes. I mean, they just start talking. I mean, just exactly. Who yeah. cares? That's the I mean, best of all discovery meetings. Exactly. You ask one open-ended question and they fill out all five P's. <laughs> and you're going, just stop. I can't write this fast. Yeah. Now they, they're probably not going to get the priorities. I mean, the pitfall. Probably piece, not. You're going to have to dig a little. Yeah. But if you develop, and that's where on that template under pitfalls, for example, under that left column next to pitfalls, mm -hmm. and you say, these are the five pitfalls that are typical to the solution that I sell. Yeah. These are the big ones. And you look at that and, you, and then what I do on the right side is I just have two questions, you know, that I, you know, can, I that's can, me. I'm the yeah, same. Like I never I have more than questions. two, <laughs> never more than but two. Once you, once you're really familiar with the, your discovery framework, you just, you just look to the left side and that'll remind you mm. of what you need. And, and you, you will, that'll help you guide the discovery process and you won't miss something. So yeah. Well, Tab, I think that's all Great. we have. We want people that's to, awesome. we want to leave them hungry for more. I think we're giving Always. them everything. I mean, you know, got to give them No more peas, though. We're in nope. the peas. We're going to do a session on L's next time. So L. I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. Linguistic learning. <laughs> Great um, session. Great Every time, session. I, I will tell you, it's, it, it's, 
I've been, you know, I've been selling a long time. Every time I do this, I get inspired to be a better salesperson. Just, you know, yeah, it's so. just great to talk about it. Well, and I also think it's good to remind people more important than the information you uncover is how you make the customer feel when yep. they are talking. Right. So you may not be getting any new information. And by the way, I think I heard, I, I remember reading this statistic and I don't, I can't quote it, but I remember reading some sort of statistic that sales reps get less successful the older they get and the more mm. the more experienced they are. Mm. And it's because, and I, I've seen this true in my own, it's like when the customer starts telling me their story, I'm like, I've heard this a hundred times. I've heard this <laughs> 200 times. Exactly. You know, it's like, and I haven't, but it's, it's sort of, they, it all starts to say, you know, they start saying things mm -hmm. that you say. And so my brain wants to turn off and go, I don't want to download this again. But more important than the information you're uncovering is you're, you're communicating how you feel about that human being. Mm -hmm. Those people are talking about what's most important in their life, or at least in the top three, their world, their career. And when they talk and we demonstrate, we care, we're curious, and we validate their point of view, good things happen. When you ignore the customer, bad things happen. <laughs> It's a good hey, I don't really comment. care about you. I <laughs> want to get to this thing that I want to tell you about. I want to communicate that I don't care about you and what you're saying is not important. So would you now listen to me and choose me as your partner? Right. It's not uh, a really good strategy to have. No, I'm with you. I think that's a great cl closing comment, Tom. All right, my friend. Well, listen, we, as, as uh, always, we'd love uh, comments, feedback, anything we know you can tell us on how to serve you better. We're always open and willing to listen to and adjust along the way. So thank you for joining us for another episode. Mm -hmm.